0: We're just gonna focus on a few couple of verses. Focus on 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 15. Ooh, for the love. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, 15. It reads, for the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all therefore all have died and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sakes died and was raised. Let us pray. God our creator, our sustainer, speak to us now God that we your servants might hear but not just be hearers that we may follow God, have your way in our lives. Have your way in all we say and do. Holy Ghost, take over. It's worship and those who will watch now and those who will watch and participate later. Let them receive everything you have for us to receive. And we will give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. It is in Jesus' name we pray. centered life living a Christ centered life we have heard down through the years our overall theme from our General Missionary Baptist Convention of Georgia Incorporated and uh, I I just I just have to say how grateful I am to the GMBC because my very first convention as a pastor uh, some 40 something years well 40 years ago I went to my first convention and a classmate of mine at the inter national ministerialized Morehouse School of Religion, Reverend Arnold McKinney, had uh, become vice president. He was working closely with Dr. Alexander. And because he was in a position to be able to influence what we called them, them old preachers, he said to them, y'all need to consider Tillman for a position. So he, he came back to me. We were, they were meeting at Jekyll Island. And he came back to me while I was sitting and he said, Tillman, they're going to call your name and you just stand. You're going to become the assistant auditor of the convention. I said, what's an assistant auditor? When they call your name, you stand and don't say thing." <laughs> okay. So my very first day convention, they called my name as a list of officers. And I stood and um, moved from assistant auditor to auditor, from auditor to being over the minister's division of the Congress, to being vice president of the Congress, to being president of the Congress. And I I thank God for that. But I mention that because we had an ongoing theme at General Missionary Baptist Convention, and I know churches all over Georgia have picked this up for Baptists. For Baptists, this is ours. We are Bible-based, Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-led, and mission-bound. And that's not your first time hearing it. You've heard it many times. We're Bible based, Christ centered, Holy Spirit led, mission bound. But this morning, I want to focus in on we know we talk, our theme is we represent Christ, and we've been talking about the ministry of reconciliation and being ambassadors. We want to look what does it mean to be Christ centered? All right, all right. You know, it could just be words. I'm Christ centered. What does that mean? How do we make this more than just words? How can this really be put into practice? Is this really important to be Christ-centered? I guess I need to ask that. That's not rhetorical. Is it really important to become Christ-centered? Let me ask one more time. Some people are thinking about it. Is it really important to be Christ-centered? Well, what's the opposite of Christ-centeredness. Right. What's the opposite of being Christ-centered? And, and I know if you think real quick, you, can tell us, you think the opposite of Christ-centeredness is to be Satan-centeredness. <laughs> eh, that's not it. You, you would think that, that you focus on the devil. No, 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 no. The opposite of Christ-centeredness is self-centeredness. There's nothing more that Satan would love for you to do as we are a part of Christ's church. There's nothing more he would love for us to do than to be centered in ourselves instead of in Christ. Yes, the converse of being Christ-centered is to be self-centered. We don't understand, and we don't understand how living a Christ-centered life falls right into Satan's plans. Anything to pull us away from focusing on getting God's will done even if it's having our own way, will give the devil a foothold. It is so easy to get trapped into thinking what we want is what God wants, but it's actually just what I want. A self-centered life can get you a lot of stuff, but it cannot get you joy. A self-centered life can make you popular but it won't let you have any real peace. A self-centered life is a life that's all about you and everyone around you has to flow with what you want, when you want it, how you want it, where you want it. And many times you don't even know what you want. There's just confusion and chaos. Why do you believe everybody around you just can't get it right? Anybody else wrong? How come all your bosses fire you? How come all your employees quit? How come everybody in your family gets on your last nerve? It ain't your family. It's not your boss. It's not your employees. Hallelujah. One song said, it's me. It's me, it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. I love that song. It says, not my brother, not my sister. But it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Those may be some extremes, but I want you to get my point. We represent Christ. Christ lives in us. Peace lives in us. Joy lives in us. Now, when I talk about self-centeredness, don't, don't get it twisted. Because some people think, well, he's saying I'm not supposed to love myself. That's not what I'm saying. Um, Jesus wants us to love ourselves. That's a part of the great commandment. In Matthew 22, beginning with verse 38, it reads, Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And he said, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Well, it's telling us to love God. And love others as you love yourself. But note this. You truly can't love yourself Until you truly love God. That's why it comes first. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Then love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Loving yourself and being self-centered is not the same thing. If you're self-centered, that's primarily due to you not loving yourself. If you truly love yourself, you will put Christ first. If you love yourself, you will put God first because he's our creator, sustainer. He knows everything about us. We will put God first if we truly love ourselves because we know that Jesus can fix it, whatever it is. If you're Christ-centered, then the love of Christ can abide in you and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. You don't have to be miserable. You do not have to be miserable. You don't have to live a miserable life. You don't have to go around here with everything getting on your last nerve. You don't have to live that kind of life. God has empowered you to turn your life around. Seeing that we desire to live for God and reach excellence in kingdom building... Let's look at a few things we can do to overcome self-centered living and begin living a life centered in Christ. Second Corinthians 5, 14, 15 helps us with this. It says, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves. But for him who for their sake died and was raised, first thing we need to do, acknowledge the presence of self-centeredness. That's the first thing. Acknowledge the presence of self-centeredness. In other words, just be honest with yourself. Yeah, be, be honest with yourself. I know a lot of times when folk like to say, you know, parents like to say, touch your neighbor, ask your neighbor so-and-so, you know. I don't want you to touch your neighbor this morning. I want you to touch you. And ask yourself, am I self-centered? Am I living a self-centered life? Are you immersed in what you want to do, only what you want? This is what I want, this is how I think, this is what I feel, this is what y'all better do. Do you you feel that in yourself that is what I, and and many times we think it's because we are smarter than somebody else. We may have more degrees than somebody else. Or it could be because I have a little more money than you have. Or it could could be because I'm not homeless so I can tell the people who are homeless, y'all need to get your act together. And do what I did. Do do it the way I did it. Now, just just think about it. How how much is what you do driven by what you want solely? Acknowledge the presence of self Don't Don't go around thinking, that's not me. And you can ask somebody. You know, your friends will tell you. Your wife probably told you quite a few times. Your husband probably mentioned it a time or two. You got friends that will be honest with you. But it's not anything for us to get upset about. It's for something for us to acknowledge. That, that's that's how I've been, that's, that's how I think. It's about all about me. Second, second, after you acknowledge it, do this. Confess and repent. Amen. Go to the Lord, you gotta confess it to me. Nobody else, just say, Lord, yeah, Lord that's me. <laughs> I, I need your help, God. And I have a desire to turn from the way I was living. I have a desire to turn from what I was doing, the way I was doing things. I, I repent, God, I'm turning away from it. I confess that I have been, it has all been about what I want because I thought if I got what I want, that the whole world would be better. I was doing it for their sake. They're too dumb to know that I'm smart. So I was doing it to help them. But now, God, I realize that's not what you want me to do. That's not why you put me here. Is to follow what I think is the best thing. So I confess that. And I'm willing to turn. Now, this is the, this is the good part. <laughs> you say, okay, I confess, I repent, I confess I've done it, I confess that was the way, I'm going to turn. Now I know what you're answering the question. Turn to what? <laughs> if I ain't going to do what I want to do, what I'm going to do? All I know is to do what I want. I'm glad you asked. Third point, turn to Christ. I said turn to Christ. I, I know we saved and we're supposed to be doing that anyway. But honestly, what happens if in every day, in every moment, you ask God? You say to the Lord, Lord, what will you have me to do? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. It took me some years to kind of grab that, you know. Why, why, why don't I lean to my own understanding if you gave me understanding? Why I can't lean on that? <laughs> it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's too fragile to lean on your own understanding because we understand the stuff based on other information we get from other places. And a lot of information we get can be Misinformation. So it's best to rely upon the word of God that will give you the truth and nothing but the truth. Hallelujah. So we return to Christ because he's going to tell us what's right, not just, just pleasing to us, but he'll tell us when we take time to say, Lord, what we have, me you know, some of us will get out of a lot of trouble if when we're about to respond to somebody, we would just pause long enough to say, Lord, what would you have me to do? In other words, somebody just cussed you out. They're in your face. They're pointing in your face and they, they're getting on your last nerve and you daring them to just touch that chip off your shoulder. you daring them to say one more thing. You, you know what time it is. What would happen if you could just take time enough to say, Lord, what would you have me to do? <laughs> that, that, that might be just the time many of us need for God to move that whole situation. We don't take it on ourselves. What would happen if so many folk in our community had a relationship with God long enough to see the love of God in us and could also emulate what they see us doing? They see us loving people who they deem unlovable. They see us caring for people who they deem for don't need to be cared for. If they see us going out of our way for folks that we think we shouldn't go out of our way for, what if other folks started doing the same thing because they saw you do it? What would happen? But just what would happen if people would begin to say, I want to live for Christ. I, I know I want to do X, Y, and Z, but I know God is not pleased with that because his word tells me we ought to love. His word tells me we ought to forgive. His word tells me we ought to do X, Y, and Z. After we acknowledge the presence of self-centeredness and confess and repent, and then we'll to Christ. That's praying. That's meditating upon his word. That's taking time to read his word. Mm. Read his word. And be around others who read his word. And y'all, when you're talking to each other, start talking about God's word. Take time to talk about something that's going to give you power in your life. Yeah, God loves us. God cares for us. And he's given us his word. God didn't just tell us to do certain things. He wrote it down for us. Isn't that great? He put it in writing. Love God. Love others as you love yourself. And then he's given us work to do. Yeah, those of us who are saved, he's given us work to do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, same chapter, verse 17, 19 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is. He explains it. Gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He says, that is. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespass against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. In other words, he wants us to go out and make sure that others know how much God loves them, how much God loved us. Well, how do we get to that point? Fourth point. Understand Christ's death and resurrection. Yes, That's it. Just understand Christ's death and resurrection and all this coming into play. Again, 2 Corinthians 5 14 says, 14 15, for the love of Christ controls us. What do you, who controls you? Right. Who pushes your button and gets you doing what they want done? The Word of God says, for the love of Christ controls us. Because we concluded this. That one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live may no longer live for themselves. But then do what? But live for him who for their sake died and was raised. That's it. That, that's why I got so excited about all the blood. Because he did die. You, you must understand that, that when we come to Christ, we recognize that, that he didn't get us because we were so well put together. He, he didn't come to us because we had everything in place and, and we were thinking right and we were working right and, and, and most of us didn't come to Christ because everything was going good in our life. Most of us came to Christ because stuff was all jacked up and messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Most folk came to Christ because things were not going the way we wanted them to go and we came, I came to Jesus as I was. Yeah. Weary, worn, and sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I found in him a resting place and he has made me glad. We have Listen, we have to be an example to others that God truly has given us joy. How are we going to affect change in this, I'm sorry, how are we going to affect a transformation in this community? It's going to be by folk in our community seeing our lives. That's why we're pushing us all to be a part of our ministries. And our ministries will not be ministering just inside the walls of this church. Our ministries will be out in the community ministering. <laughs> ministries will be ministering yeah. yeah God has given us work to do we're not just to meet I'm sorry we're not just to greet eat and meet I'm, I'm sorry greet meet and eat or is it meet greet and eat anyway we got to do more than that he's calling us to be a change agent a transforma- transformative agent in our community And we can do it. Oh, I I, I can see the day now coming. One of these months for baptism, we're going to have so many people lined up all down the stairs and everything else. We're going to have to start late and worship because we're so busy baptizing folks that come to Christ. Why are we going to do that? Because you're going to tell folks, Jesus is the answer. Well, how do you know he's the answer? Look at what this verse says. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. I know we love to think that he just died just for me. Jesus died for me. He did die for me. He died for you. But he died for everybody. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be. Tell them about Jesus. Jesus said, right, if I be lifted up, I'll draw on me. You, it, you, listen, you don't have the power to save folk. But you do have the power to sa- take the word of salvation to folk. And we ain't doing it. I'm sorry. We are not doing it. <laughs> He's called us for just that purpose. And I know what you, I know Satan will have you believe that you're not holy enough to do it. Satan will make you think that. I, I, can't, I can't do it because I'm not holy enough. All right. The same the same text. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm done. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Here's another, therefore. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. Therefore, we are ambassadors yeah. for Christ. Yeah. I, I know you want to be an ambassador for Biden, but you're a little bit higher than that. You're an ambassador for Christ. So so What qualifies me to do that? I'm glad you asked. God making his appeal to us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. All right? Break it down for you very quick. You can tell anybody, anytime, everywhere about the goodness of the Lord because Jesus' blood has made you righteous you are a righteous ambassador I don't care what they've been saying about you I don't care what they thought about you I don't care what you did last night early this morning none of that matters what matters is you are now an ambassador for Christ and you realize I can no longer live for myself I have to live for Christ because Christ loved me so much How much did he love me? He loved me so much that he came through 42 generations. Came to this earth and went about doing good out of all the good he did. Folk talked about him, ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God. But my Lord and Savior kept on doing what was good. He kept on giving and 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 giving. He gave food to the hungry, water to the thirsty. Sight to the blind, healing to the sick. He even raised some from the dead. But out of the good he did, folks still talked about him. Out of all the good he did, they still arrested him. Out of all the good he did, they took him from judgment hall to judgment hall. You think that they're treating us bad. Look at how they treated Jesus. Look at how they whipped him all night long. Look at how they pulled his hair out of his bed. Can you see him? But he did it all for us yeah, so we could be righteous witnesses and ambassadors for him. Can you see him when they drug him up to Golgotha's hill? They put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, with a crown of thorns on his head. Can you see our Lord and Savior dying for your sins and my sins? We come to represent and remember that he died for all of our sins. The blood ran from his veins. The Bible teaches us that he was beaten so badly, his body was so swollen, that his body was unrecognizable. But he said, and I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. That means women and children. I'll draw everybody unto me. What he's saying to us, we just gotta lift him up. They lifted him up on the cross. And the Bible says he died. But the story doesn't stop there. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. You know, anything borrowed gotta be paid back. I said, you know, anything borrowed gotta be paid back. Yeah, yeah. anything borrowed. So he borrowed the tomb. Because he needed it but for a little while. Yeah. Placed him in a bar tomb. Stayed there all night Friday, stayed there all day Saturday, stayed there all night Saturday. But early on that Sunday morning, he got up with power. Power McGray, over the grave. Victory over death. He loves us. Listen. We ought to live a Jesus-centered life. Amen. Lord, what you want me to do? Lord, how do you want me to deal with this situation? Lord, how can I make this turn around? How can, how can you use me to turn this around? Or oh, there's one song that says, Jesus, you're the center of my joy. All that's good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment. Hope for all I do. Jesus, you're the center of my joy. When I've lost my direction, you're the compass for my way. You're the fire and light when nights are long and cold. In sadness, you're my laughter that shelters all my fears. When I'm alone, your hand is there to hold. You're why I find pleasure in the simple things in life. You're the music in the meadows and the streams. The voices of the children, my family and home, you're the source and finish of my highest dream. The song says, Jesus, you are the center of my joy. On today, the invitation is that we all will live a Christ-centered life. That we would trust God enough to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I, th- this is how I would do it, but what do you want me to do? Transform my thinking, God, that you might get the praise, the honor, and the glory. Let us pray. God, our creator, Sustainer, We thank you right now for an opportunity to confess, to repent, to acknowledge, to confess, to repent to turn to you and allow you to do what only you can do in our lives. So God, keep us right now. God, we ask you a direction of blessing upon the entire first half of the Baptist Church family and beyond that we will say, Lord, be the center of our lives. Let our lives revolve around you and not make you revolve around us and our stuff. Help us to trust you with all of our hearts and lean not to our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge us. So we you carry that right now, path? We acknowledge you right now, God. And Lord, if they're in it today who do not know you and they want to come to know you as Lord and Savior, they realize they have not made you the center You've not been in a part of their life. We pray right now, God, that they will come to know you. And God, right now, whether they're online or they're in this building, we ask that they will pray this prayer to accept you into their life. That they will pray right now with me if they want to accept you now. Say, Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Ah, help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. If you're here today and you like United Fellowship, first with Christ, then with First Baptist, give you opportunity to go down the aisle. Just come to United Fellowship with us. The fact that you've accepted Jesus Christ, the Lord, and Savior, you're saved. You're now a disciple of Christ. We extend you your opportunity now to be a member of the first half of Whether you're here or online, we invite like you to come and share. If you're alive, please pass it in to the number of on the screen. The word Save, saved, S-A-B-E-D. And we'll take it from there. If you're here today, we give you an opportunity to come. Won't you come? All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I free will. I would ever love and trust him. It is... be fully electronic pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to read together our church covenant. It's an agreement that we have with one another. An important piece is not just with one another, it's also with God. What we're saying is to God. And this is what we will do as a church family. More of how we will live a Christ-centered life. Let us read. Having been as we trust, bought by divine grace to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and to give ourselves wholly to Him, we do now solemnly and joyfully covenant with each other to walk together in Him with brotherly love to His glory as our common Lord. We do therefore in His strength engage that we will exercise the Christian care and watchfulness over each other and faithfully warn, exhort and acknowledge each other as occasion may require. That we will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together but will uphold the public worship of God and the ordinances of His house. That we will not omit closet and family religion at home, nor neglect the great duty of religiously training our children and those under our care for the service of Christ and the enjoyment of heaven. That, as we are the light of the world and salt of the earth, we will seek divine aid to enable us to deny ungodliness and every worldly lust, and to walk circumspectly in the world that we may win the souls of men. That we will cheerfully contribute of our property according as God has prospered us for the maintenance of a faithful and evangelical ministry among us for the support of the poor and to spread the gospel over the earth that we will in all conditions even to strive to live to the glory of Him who have called us out of darkness into His marvelous light and may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant Make us perfect in every good work to do his will, working in us that which is well pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Jesus is still in the Home. He is still with His disciples. assembled with his disciples in the upper room and by doing so he said to them take this he, take this drink right? he was saying i will not do this again until we do it again in the kingdom but he said this do in remembrance of me remember that he loved us so much that he died for our sins remember that he rose from the grave. Remember that he's coming back again. Ah, we can remember that. We can have joy and peace right here. No matter what happens in our lives, we know that God is still in control. We're going to take time to pray now that God will bless these elements and all of us will partake here and those at home, those at work, that God will bless the elements that you have. The bread, the symbol of the body, the liquid, grape juice, beer, wine, is the symbol of his blood. Let us pray. God, we come humbly before you right now, trusting, leaning, and depending upon you. Because God, without you, we could do nothing. But with you, God, we could do all things. We ask now, God, in a special way that you would move within our minds and our hearts to receive what you prepared for us. Change these elements from a common use to a spiritual use that as we partake, we'll be better able to serve you, God. And if for any reason there's one who has been baptized but feel for some reason that they're not worthy to participate on today. God, we ask that you would change that mindset right now, create within us clean hearts and renew a right spirit within us that we can be obedient to receive and fellowship one with another, that you would give the praise all the glory. Bless now, God, that we can live in you, that we'll center our life around you. You will be the center of our joy. You'll be the center of our peace. You will be the center of our lives. We will ask you, Lord, what is it you would have me to do in this moment, in this day, in this week, in this month, in this year, in the years to come. Bless these elements and bless us. even more ushers now. Amen. I did want to thank uh, Brother Chris for sharing with us also in our worship with giving us the spoken word on today. And, uh, and so if you say, well, I'm, I'm just a new member, no sense saying you a member. So you're going to be a the mind. Go yourself accordingly. Don't forget to give. We thank God for you. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. God, our Creator, Sustainable Redeemer, we thank you. We love you. We adore you. Thank you for an opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we don't know what's going to happen this week. We don't know what's around the corner, but we do know who is there. We know that you are there, and you will guide us, and you will protect us. So God, help us in all of our wisdom to have enough wisdom to ask you to guide us and to direct us. Then we'll ask you, Lord, show me the way. Lord, what would you have me to do? Today, tomorrow, each and every day of our lives. Help us to be obedient to your word and to your will. Now we ask for the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, with the rest, root of the Bible, now, henceforth and forevermore. Let the people of God say amen and praise God. Please remain seated till the ushers come to you, those who are in the sanctuary, go to your home. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify. G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.